Hi there, and welcome to the Pursuit of Wholeness podcast. My name is Sally Twelman, and I am obsessed with all things wellness, the basics like food, nutrition, and fitness, and all the other things that help us feel well and be our best, like mind-body medicine, meditation, breath work, mindfulness, thought work, and some more tangible things like finding balance and creating better habits and figuring out how to do all the things so that we can feel our best as women, as mothers, and as multifaceted humans. Believe me, I understand this balancing act because in addition to being a dietitian and an integrative wellness coach, I am also a mom of three busy kids. I'm just trying to do my best every day but I'm super excited you're here as I share my knowledge and experience and as we seek and learn together how to feel well, be healthy, and live a fulfilling life in our own pursuit of wholeness. Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pursuit of Wholeness podcast. I have a special guest. She is back. Allison Sachs joins me today. She was previously on an episode that was all about farming, regenerative farming. And I loved it so much that I wanted her to come back and talk about another really fun subject all about your backyard pharmacy and uh, medicinal herbs that we can use every day. So thank you so much for coming back, Allison. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, For those of us just joining, I'm Allison. I am a dietitian, but I'm also married to a farmer. So since I've become farm wife, I have dove deep into all of my surroundings. And today we're going to talk about common herbs and plants that we can grow in our own gardens. I got into this maybe just about a year ago. And my husband would be like, what are, like, I'd be crouched over in our yard, like picking things. (laughs) What are you doing? Those are weeds, honey. Those are weeds. It's like, no, this is a plantain leaf. Like this is, (laughs) I'm going to heal our cut. So he has just stopped asking what is like sitting in the windowsill jar and things like that, or in in our bathroom, (laughs) like what's steeping. But yeah, I really got into this because I started to actually look at just bottles that you can buy in the store, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like looking at these ingredients that are in these facial tonics and soaps and shampoos and things like that. And it's like white willow bark or, and you're just like, well, what does that actually do? Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I was just like, I'm just going to try to experiment and do, do some of this. So this is what a lot of people refer to as like homeopathic medicine. It's just using kind of nature as the template. And I think when we talk... Exactly. And when we talk about this, I think it's important to remember that much of the medications that we're getting at CVS, they are actual derivatives of plants. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... When people are like rolling their eyes, like, okay, these ladies are going to talk about weeds and how to make them medicine. Um, to remember. Have, yeah, well, and one thing I hear quite often is people are like, well, I have a serious issue. Don't tell me to drink tea. And <laughs> what we're going to talk about is drink tea and, or do what you're going to do. And also look at these beautiful, like, like medicinal things 
that nature has already given us. And if we use them from plants, we use these bioactive chemicals that are already in our backyard, in our plants, flowers, things like that. And we utilize those to help us get better, help us stay well. Maybe we won't have the side effects that come with a lot of the pharmaceuticals that we take in. And I think there can be like a beautiful ritual that you build around it instead of just standing in line at CVS, Mm -hmm. you know, waiting to pick up your plastic bottle of pills. So we can just jump right into it. So the first one, I would love to start with elderberry. So that is one that I have been making a syrup for forever. Will you tell us a little bit about what that is, how we use it, and maybe even how we grow it in our own backyard? Can we grow it in our own backyard? You can. Yeah. So I live in Western Maryland, but I it's a bush. It's a perennial bush. So it comes back year after year. And it's these clusters of purple berries. They're very tiny. They come out in the fall. Elderberry has really kind of taken this new popularity, I would say in the past five years, right? It's mm-hmm. like everybody's brewing these pots of like elderberry cough syrups and things like that. It's really a big boost of vitamin C, right? So when we're talking about cold and flu season, vitamin C is a very powerful antioxidant. So what that's going to do is kind of help keep the integrity of our cell walls strong so mm-hmm. the viruses cannot penetrate it as easily. I know people who take it every day, you know, just as sort of like a prophylactic vitamin. Just during cold and flu season or just during cold and flu around. season. Okay. Yep. I have so what you would do, and this is something you can also buy products, you know, mainstream. You mm. can get gummies, you can get cough syrups. They're so expensive though. I feel yeah. like the pre-made Syrups and little gummies are so expensive. I just bought a big thing off of... um, No, it wasn't Amazon. It was like an herbal store. And I got these giant bags. Anyway, go ahead, please. Yeah. (laughs) I I hear people just drop off garbage bags full of their elderberry. (laughs) You do something with it. So if you ever do have an opportunity to get a chance to get actual real berries, you can, if you don't have time to do anything or you're like, I want to do a little bit more homework before I create something with them, toss them in a bag and put them in your freezer and then you can pull them out and, and do something. When we had our last farm camp in October, we took big bag of elderberries and I poured over it was like scotch or no, it was brandy. So I was like, this is going to be like a little- Like a tincture. A tincture, right? Mm -hmm. So you can just take a few drops of that. So what the brandy alcohol is doing is pulling out all of those phytonutrients and just kind of holding it in that. So you would take a few drops into water. Mm -hmm. A lot of people make their own cough syrups by- brewing it down in a in a big batch of water, but then adding a lot of like natural honey and orange juice and things like that. Mm-hmm. You can make it into gummies. It's not sweet. So you really do, if you have young children, like you want to have like maple syrup or honey or something like that mm-hmm. to make it. Yeah, just make appetizing. it a little less bitter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you take the berry and you condense it down into either a tincture or using some kind of alcohol or a syrup 
where you just boil it down or tea and then you can drink it. Mm -hmm. Or you could take that syrup and use it and to make homemade gummies, which is not difficult, but I think it can be intimidating. Yes, I'm intimidated by that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I can get your recipe and we can share it on the website if you have one. Yeah. So how much should people take during cold and flu season of, let's just say the syrup? So it's like full disclosure, I'm not no, you know, certified herbologist. It's basically like how potent are you making your brew? Okay. Okay. Right. And like, and also listening to your body, like if you're getting like violent diarrhea or something and you're just like, oh no, but I've got to do it. And you, that's when you just have to say like, okay, maybe this is a bit too much, Mm -hmm. but it's no more than a teaspoon, right? I mean, these are very small doses. And I think as we start to talk more and more about plant medicine is a lot of times people we think like more is better, but we really do have to respect the potency of these plant benefits. Yes. Well, and really all of these plant benefits is to augment your own body's best working. So that doesn't happen right away. It often takes time to kind of build up, to heal, to fix, like you were talking about the cell walls. That's not going to happen like right away. And so that's the big difference between regular medicine or conventional medicine and these plant medicines is that it's oftentimes not really immediate. It's something that really the benefit happens over time with consistent dosing. And I think with like over-the-counter medications, they're treating the symptoms of these ailments, right? And not the underlying cause. So like when we're talking about the elderberry, like it will shorten the duration of your cold Mm -hmm. because your cell walls are stronger, Mm -hmm. right? Where Sudafed is just gonna dry up your sinuses. Yeah, such a good point. I love it. So do you wanna move on? Yeah, another cold and flu. We're almost out of the, this cold and flu season. Oh, and knock it's on wood, a, it's we been a have rough been, one too. Oh, I've been able to dodge it so far. So I'm like, hey, it's you. all your gummies. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, echinacea. Echinacea has been around for a long, long time. We see it in a lot of different tea blends for cold and flus. It's a really beautiful perennial flower that it's these big purple flowers, also kind of called the cone flower too. Oh, um, and I've seen that. Yeah. And so what you do is just dry out your the flower heads and then they grind them up. And so then you would steep that in a tea or, you know, making a tincture or tonic, something like that. And that is also something that just is like helpful in, in enhancing our own immunity for colds okay. and flurs. I love it. And so that's normally in like teas or tinctures. You can also buy it. I've seen a lot of teas. In fact, I got really sick with the flu over the Christmas time. And a friend of mine gave me bronchial wellness and it was like a very herby tea and it had that in there. And I could really taste it because I've had it. So, and that made me feel so much better and really helped with my bronchial health. Wonderful. And I think just in general, like when we're sick, the last thing we want to do is really take care of ourselves, you know? So even when you're like, I'm going to drink this tea 
and it's giving us hydration, right? So that's just going to help move all of these viruses through our bodies faster Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, I loved it. Okay, echinacea. What's the next one you want to talk about? Let's just tackle, there's a herb, it's a flower. We harvest the root. It's called valerian. Valerian root. Okay. Valerian root. A lot of people turn to this when they are trying to wean themselves off of a sleep medication. So valerian root is, you can grow in your garden. I grew it this past year. Very easy. I mean, they just like pop up. So yeah, sleep disorders. So if you are struggling with insomnia and are on Ambien or Lunesta, something like that, this is something that you could try. It's often in a tea or a, a tincture that you would take before bed to kind of help recalibrate your sleep cycle. Okay. So it's sleep cycle. I've taken that for sleep for sure. And I see it in a lot of sleep supplements that I have recommended to people or taken myself. Mm-hmm. What do you think about supplements? So I know you grow these things in your garden, but what do you think about supplementing valerian root before Definitely. I think really, because I get it, right? Most of us are not going to be like pulling the roots and sprinkling the dirt and things like that. When you are sourcing these, because any type of herb, vitamin, it's not regulated, right? So I could put something on the market and it could not be valerian root at all. Using like a well reputable company, Mountain Rose Herbs is a very lovely company. I've gotten a lot of different herb supplements and things from them. And you can get all of these things that we're talking about from that company. Mm -hmm. Okay. We'll ship it right to your door. Great. So is there anybody who shouldn't take valerian root? You know, this would be a conversation to have with your doctor um, to see if there is any interactions or Sally and I could get out our herb interaction. (laughs) There are sometimes interactions if you're on like an SSRI. I think a lot of herbs can compete with that. But anytime you're adapting these things, I mean, start out very small and just notice, do you have any type of reaction? Mm -hmm. But for the most part, when we're taking these in very small doses, you know, these are like micro doses that you can start low and then build your own dosage up from there. Yeah. And one of my favorite things to do, especially for sleep, is to utilize some of these medicinal products in teas before you go to bed so that you can take in a valerian and lavender root tea and it's very soothing. It just becomes part of your nighttime ritual so that you're getting very micro doses like you say, and you don't have some of the negative side effects that some of the actual supplementation will give you because they are higher doses. So yeah, really good point. I love it. Speaking of teas... You wanted to talk about an interesting tea that I have never heard about called Nora tea. So you are glowing and growing a new (laughs) sweet baby girl. And you wanted to tell us about this Nora tea, right? Yeah. So this is something I learned about when I was pregnant with my first child. 
And it's called Nora T and it's an acronym. It's nettles, oat, straw, red raspberry leaves, and alfalfa. Okay. So you can basically like, you know, I'm like, I remember looking at like my kids just eating alfalfa. Uh I was like, gosh. And then I'm like, no, there's so much nutrition in it. So there's been lots of research done. And what this combination of these herbs do is they actually help build your blood up. So they're a great source of iron and vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin K. And what that does is while it's building your blood up, it's also nourishing the uterus. So what they have discovered is like during active labor, women who have drank this tea in the second and third trimester tend to have very productive contractions. So with those productive contractions, you have a shorter labor time. Goal. That's a goal. (laughs) And I can attest that my first son came out just shy of nine pounds. My second son was born 11 pounds. And it was like, you know, they held that baby up and my husband's not, you know, he's like five, eight on a good day. And they're like, he's a bruiser. He's ready to work on the farm. Oh, he's still a big boy. So yeah. And both of those kids came out, you know, in six hours. So, oh, wow. So I drink that every day comes in a loose leaf blend, but you can also buy this mainstream and they come in just regular tea bags. But I don't think this is information that if you're working with an OBGYN that they're going to say, drink the Nora tea, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important to talk to your healthcare provider about whatever you're having, especially these herbs, because there could be some, like, I just wonder if people with like, blood clotting disorders or things like that. It's helpful to always communicate with your Absolutely. doctor. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And it's interesting. So I've been a dietitian for nearly 20 years. And when I first started down the road of some of these more alternative pathways to health, I feel like there was a lot of resistance around the benefit of these plant medicines. And doctors would like poo-poo a lot of this stuff, I feel like they're really very open-minded, much more open-minded now than they were even five years ago. And so if you talk to your healthcare provider and you say, hey, I heard about this Nora T, what do you think about it? And they're like, oh, that's ridiculous. Maybe just think about how open-minded you want your provider to be and how open to you sharing the care. How do I want to say that? You being an active participant in your own care. And I think most doctors are very open to new ideas and really working to explore these different options. Sure. I mean, I think any provider would say like, if that tea is going to help you have the delivery that you want, drink up, girlfriend. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Very cool. And nettles. So we didn't really talking about this, but whenever I see nettles on a tea ingredient, I see them everywhere. So I need to do more research on nettles, but the actual name is stinging nettles, right? Yes. Yes. yes, there. Are, I think there's different kinds of nettles. 
There is an interaction and I, it's jogging my memory right now, but I remember it's some European tea company. They put nettles in almost all of their tea blends. And for Christmas, my sister got me an advent tea calendar. So every day it was like oh. a different <laughs> type of tea. But somebody had reached out because I was just sharing that on Instagram. And she's like, I can't drink that because nettle, it was some interaction, I think with like blood diabetes or or something like that. So yeah, always just kind of double check, just a quick Google search, Mm -hmm. whatever medicinal remedy you're exploring to make sure there's no huge interaction. I feel like WebMD does a really good job of, of sourcing good referenceable, is that the right word? Information regarding drug herb interaction. So WebMD. (laughs) Okay. So next, and this is a very commonplace one, hibiscus. Hibiscus. This is something, I mean, it's, you know, teas, right? Because it can help with blood pressure and blood sugar. But I actually use it as a skin remedy because the phytonutrients in it help lock in moisture on a cellular level. So when you're drinking it, that's wonderful. But I put it in witch hazel and steep it. And um, it turns this beautiful, vibrant red color. And I just put it on like a cotton swab and use it as like a a toner. Like a toner. Okay. Oh, wow. And do you use it like right before bed? Before bed, morning. First thing in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is so amazing. This is also something you could put just in like olive oil or avocado oil or something and use it as like face oil or Mm -hmm. lip balm or hand salve, something like that. Oh, wow. During the dry months. Yeah. That's really interesting. So I have started using just plain olive oil on my face at night. So I use a certain lotion and I mix the lotion with plain old olive oil. And I feel like that has made my skin much dewier. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so simple. I already have it. I don't even know where I got the idea. And it's been one of my favorite beauty tricks. Absolutely. Like I, (laughs) my mom, when she's cooking, if she has like, she'll literally just Oh, <laughs> and just rush on her face in mm-hmm. the middle. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember I used to, you know, if you're like tossing something, and I remember like washing my hands with soap and water. And finally, I was like, Allison, just rub it into your skin, you know? Like, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you yeah. don't do it if you've already mixed the garlic in. The- well, garlic's mm-hmm. very medicinal itself, yeah. but you would just have a very pungent smell. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Okay. This has been really, really helpful. And really, I feel like we've just scratched the surface of what are some of the really useful and really easy to source helpful herbs that we could use. So we talked about elderberry, ginger, echinacea, valerian root, Nora tea, which Nora stands for nettles, oat straw, red raspberry. And you can buy that in like a pre-made tea. And then last but not least, hibiscus. And most of us know hibiscus as a delicious tea, but you will use it in a face toner. So I love it. So I will have all of the information, what they're used for down in the show notes. But 
This has been really, really fun. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Where can people find you? Where are you hanging um, out these days? Where are I hanging out? I hang out a lot on Instagram. <laughs> My farm is called Catoctin Mountain Farm. And you can put a link in the show notes for that yeah. too. So yeah, we're up in Maryland hanging out. Yay, good. And your farm camp is now open for registration, right? Yes. It's going to be in we August just have a few October. S- few spots left in both sessions. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to be joining in October. I'm so, so excited. Yeah. And we spend a whole day doing all of this herbal pharmacy stuff. stuff. Great. Thank you, Allison. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. I'm so glad you're here. And I wish you so much health and happiness in your own pursuit of wholeness. See you next time. Bye.